Now then, I'm Jules and welcome to the Wedding Mavericks podcast. On this episode of the podcast, I'm talking with Hannah from Hannahbrook Photography. I connect with so much of what Hannah's gone through in her journey into her wedding business, but where her story is really inspiring is how she dealt with what we have all faced over the past year. She really did take lemons and make lemonade. Imagine deciding to follow your desire to become a photographer, learning from scratch on the side of your nine to five, building it up, ready to take the leap to go full time into your business. And then just days after you've handed in your notice, the world goes into lockdown. But all that did is make Anna even more determined to make a success of a business and find ways to navigate through the storm by making the most of the opportunities that presented themselves. What followed were hundreds, yes, hundreds of doorstep family photo shoots, creating and delivering a smartphone and beginner photography course online, whilst building a catalogue of wedding content through organising her own styled shoots based around her target couple and making the most of micro-weddings. The result, an expanding network, organic marketing opportunities and meeting her revenue targets in a situation that seemed impossible just a year ago. All of this while being a genuinely nice person with her joyful and expressive photography for warm-hearted people. We had a really good chat. And whatever stage of your business you're in, there are so many takeaways that you can take from this, particularly the inspiration to make it work by putting the work in. Let's jump into the conversation we had. So today on the podcast, I'm talking to Hannah Brooke, a photographer based in Yorkshire. Is it Weatherby you're from? It is, yes. Hi. Hello. So, um, Hannah... So that uh, anybody who's listening or watching, um, you know, if they don't, if they've not met you before, do you just want to do a little bit of an introduction about your business? Um, and if we start with kind of um, the, the the sort of photography you do, um, where you're based and everything, and then uh, a little bit about your background. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, hi, I'm Hannah of Hannah Brook Photography. Um, I am based in Weatherby and. I am a wedding and family photographer. Um, quite often combine the two, actually. A lot of my clients already seem to have their families um, and get married later. And often those are the people I photograph at the weddings to. Um, I've been in business since the end of 2017. Um, built it up part-time alongside my day job and then had a nice busy wedding season to look forward in 2020. So uh, I quit my day job uh, <laughs> in the January and had two weeks notice to work when lockdown hit. Oof. Um, and yeah, a year later, I'm still here. I've actually had a reasonably successful first year in business. Wasn't the first year of business that I planned. Um I guess we'll, we'll come on and talk about what I did <laughs> to bridge that gap. <laughs> um, but yeah, my style of photography is joyful, expressive, colourful. Um, I would say I'm primarily documentary style. Um, I don't like awkward poses. I just love to kind of float around capturing candid 
happy moments. Brilliant. So um, I guess one of the things that always comes up with a photographer is sort of how you got into that. So do you want to tell me about what your day job was and kind yeah. of what your background is and then how photography kind of came about from that? Yeah, sure. So uh, my day job was in HR and the idea came about, it was at the beginning of 2017 and it, I'd gone back to work after having my second child and I was just, I was really unhappy. Just I knew that the corporate world was not the place for me anymore and I knew that I wanted to work for myself. So I, I suppose I've probably approached it a different way to a lot of people because I, I had the idea that I wanted to be a photographer before I even knew how to use the camera. I can relate <laughs> um, to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So obviously I could take photographs. I was taking photographs on a, um, you know, a little ha- a little mini digital camera or my phone or whatever I could get hold of really. And I have done all my life, um, but I hadn't ever purchased a big camera, as I call them. Yeah. Um, so, but we had had family portraits done and I knew it was something that I had an interest in. And it just, it was a bit of a light bulb moment really, because I'd taken a picture of my own kids in the bath one night, um, posted it to my personal Facebook page um, and loads of people replied to it saying, this is amazing, you should set up business. And yeah. it was just like one of those, oh yeah, that's what I should do. Moments really. Um so yeah, from that point, I looked looked into the camera that I needed, um, bought one, invested in training to learn how to use it, and then over that summer, I started build, doing portfolio building shoots. All the while, this was just I was just looking at taking family photographs at, at the time because I was a mother of two young kids. Um, the people that were asking me to take photographs of their kids for portfolios were obviously all families. Um, and then in around about the September, somebody messaged me, um, and I'd done all of the business backend stuff, like, uh, setting up a Facebook business page, Instagram, starting to get a website together. And somebody just messaged me and said, can I book a shoot? And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, of course. Actually, this is the point of it. I'm meant to be earning money from this. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I did my first paid shoot at the end of, I think it was the October of 2017, so six months-ish after having the idea and putting all the work in. And then a few months later, somebody asked me to photograph the wedding. It was somebody that I knew. um, And I said to her, you know, I've never ever photographed a wedding. And she said, that's fine. I've seen your work. I really like it. I really want you there at my day. So I put together a quote, uh, what I thought was reasonable, given my lack of experience. And, you know, I wanted it to be uh, relative to my experience, but also it's a long day, isn't it, shooting a wedding? So it certainly is, yeah. I wanted to make it something that was reasonable for my time. Um, and I got really lucky with the venue. It was at Middleton Lodge, North nice. Yorkshire. Beautiful place. And it was just amazing. And I remember really clearly standing there that day, um, clicking away behind the uh, registrar doing the ceremony and I just sort of had that second light bulb moment of thinking this is what I'm meant to be doing in my life <laughs> it took me a long time to realise it that this is like this is a career that I could put my heart and soul into never get bored of and earn some decent money from 
And then, um, yeah, after that, obviously, once I'd started doing weddings, I've got the book, a second shot with another photographer a little bit that year and started to get my own bookings. Um, you know, I did a few of my own in 2019, started to get involved in style shoots, had a re- had a, uh, 15 booked for 2020, which was enough for me at that yeah. point to um, quit the day job. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> so, and here I am. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love that because most photographers that you speak to and having primarily doing video, I go to, you know, I, I work alongside a different photographer at the majority of weddings I do. So, you know, the I usually have these sorts of conversations with them to find out, you know, a bit about them. Um, the most common thing that comes up is, you know, my my parents had a, were into photography or whatever, or, you know, I, I, I basically got into photography really early on, Um you know, some people study it as part of their, you know, formal education and things. Uh, and I, I'm exactly the same as you. I I literally decided I wanted to do this. And so I figured out how to do it. Um, and it's just, yeah. it's not a, it's not a common, you know, you don't hear that no, as, no. anywhere near as common yeah. as, um, as the other way. So, you know, corporate HR, do you, you've, you've kind of, you were running alongside that, I'm guessing, for those first kind of couple of years while you're putting all these pieces together. Yeah, I was. I actually changed jobs. So after I came back from that maternity leave, I was so unhappy in that job that I um, I, I left and I went and took a 12-month maternity cover somewhere else. Um, and I was working three days a week, so it wasn't full-time, but then bear in mind I had got the young kids. two small children. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I started just building up, um, working on weekends. I wasn't work, I wasn't shooting every single weekend, um, but definitely I've got busier as times progressed. Um, but yeah, I think 15 years in HR really sort of helped with the people skills that you need to run a business. Yeah, absolutely. The, the you know that all that business knowledge has kind of stood me in good stead with the business end of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so how, tell me about how you educated yourself then. Cause you said you didn't have any kind of knowledge about photography or using a camera, etc. You know, it sounds very much similar to me. I, I had like a point and shoot type thing. It was an, it was a, I've always had like a, some sort of half decent camera, but never yeah. did I understand all the manual functions and prop actual proper photography skills you know to do with lighting and composition so how did you you know up your skills how did you learn all this stuff yeah so the first thing I did was enrolled on a introduction to DSLR course which was at Leeds College of Art and I don't believe they're running them anymore which is a shame it was kind of like night school but on a Saturday yeah um and it was for five weeks through the summer five Saturdays and the chap that taught it taught us everything that we needed to know about um, shooting in manual. It did have quite heavy sort of studio focus to it. So we were doing a lot of the practicing on each other in the studio set up at the college. Yeah. Um, which I knew wasn't going to be my cup of tea long term, but it was really interesting to understand how things worked. Yeah. And I can and, see the I can see the the relevance of it as a starting point because yeah. I think most people you know particularly wedding photographers 
I, I think if you asked the majority of wedding photographers, have you ever shot in a studio? They'd probably say no. And so mm. actually having that um, as a starting point rather than learning, you know, um, yeah. as in like more of a run and gun situation, it's probably quite a good way to start. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I first bought the camera, I was shooting in auto and the pictures were just shocking. <laughs> And uh, I just didn't understand. I just did not understand how it worked at all. Um, yeah, it was it was quite cringeworthy, really. But you have you know you have a everybody a point feels to start like from, that, don't you? And yeah, uh, and it's really good to look back at those early days pictures and see how the progression's been. Yeah. So yeah, that was the first thing that I did, and then the second thing was I invested in some mentoring with a family photographer that I really respected and admired. Um, so it felt like quite a bit of outgoings at first, Yeah. but because I knew that I wanted to one day make this my full-time job, um, it was a really worthwhile investment Yeah. and that was probably more, yeah, we did do a little bit about the actual shooting and using of the camera, but it was more on the marketing and running a photography business. Yeah. And then, yeah, practised, 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 practised. So I've practised like it's some sort of Olympic sport. Um, very rarely seen without this camera in my hand. Um, yeah. But that's good. <laughs> and it's amazing, isn't it? When you offer something for free, I remember um, putting a post on my Facebook page saying, would anyone like some you know, family photos? I'm building my portfolio. And I had to like delete the post eventually because it was just people just kept I was kept commenting. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Three years later, you still doing those um, those free ones. You're still doing no. those free ones. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, yeah. And again, I can um, I totally you know the, the I remember the first video I shot. It was it was like one of those you know Facebook posts, and then it was. It was like I had to pick one, you know, and yeah. I, it was like, which is the best video, which is the best venue for me to go and shoot at. Um, so it's, it is amazing, isn't it? Um, and, and that, it, for some people, uh, they, they, I've heard people talk and they, they'll frown upon like, you know, doing freebies in the, at the start and things like that. But for me, and obviously it sounds like this is what you did, doing those free jobs for the first few or, you know, very kind of re- really low pay. It just takes all yeah. the, the pressure and stress away and allows you to just do what you... That's right, yeah. yeah explore you know, it. It, it. Yeah, completely, because it just allows you to, you know, practice with different models and build that portfolio and not feel under the pressure of, oh, my God, they're paying me hundreds of pounds for this, I better get it right, Yeah, which is where we're at now with weddings yeah (laughs) so you talked about um being at that wedding and taking it from sort of looking at the family stuff to being at that wedding and thinking yeah I want to do this and then you talked about um you know looking for these opportunities for the style shoots and the portfolio building stuff so tell me a bit about you know how you found about those and how you got into doing those yeah. Okay. So I joined a few Facebook groups that were for wedding photographers. Um, I think there were some specific um, second shooting opportunity groups. Um, and I was, I was just looking to build up the portfolio really and offer myself out as a second shooter, but it turned out to be way harder to get those opportunities than I ever anticipated really. Um, you know, people not replying or saying yes, and then somebody would come along cheaper, and it, 
it just <laughs> yeah. it just was quite a negative space. So I'm no longer in those groups. But within that, somebody um, did reply to my post and say, "Come along and join my group because it's for style shoots. You know, if you want to build your portfolio, this is the way to go." And that person was Nicola Dixon, who used to run the Wild Ones workshops. Um, so I joined that group, and it seemed like a much nicer space um and got myself onto the next available workshop which was february of 2019 right um yeah i found it really interesting because attending a style shoot workshop it's somebody else's concept and idea um and you just have to run with that and use it as a chance to really practice your photography skills um different angles using the light everything they would normally do. And obviously a wedding day is someone else's concept and idea, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so I can see the similarity there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, I loved it. Um, it was a little bit intimidating at first because there were some really serious wedding photographers there, you know, with huge Instagram followings. And, and I was like, oh, God, you know, little old me here. <laughs> um, but... Uh, and I actually went back and re-edited those photographs recently because my style of editing's come on such a lot since. Yeah. Um, you know, and looking back, I'm, I'm really glad that I did. I did two workshops with Nicola in that year and re-edited both, having changed my editing style. And, yeah, I loved it. Yeah. But then the next step on from that was starting to organise my own because, as I've talked about, style what I really wanted to get from those was building a portfolio of the types of weddings that I want to shoot. Yeah. Um, and so I was looking not? for more. They, they, I wouldn't say they were, they weren't not. Um, what I found with them was obviously the models that you get on these workshops, they're gorgeous, aren't they? Um, but not all, but somebody actually said to me, one of my friends said, God, I'm, I'm a bit intimidated now looking at your work <laughs> because you're like shooting all these like super stunning people. Yeah. And I thought, well, I don't want to put off potential customers because I'm all about the real life, honest moments. You know, I don't Photoshop yeah. people to change their appearance. Um, so I wanted to organise my own that were more kind of laid back, um, country wedding vibe, a little bit festival style. Yeah. With normal normal looking people, you know. Um I wanted to photograph like people of different shapes and sizes, you know, not just have the size ten models. Yeah. Um absolutely. Um yeah. who are, you know, an absolute dream to photograph, not knocking them at all. But I wanted to make sure that I was attracting what I consider my ideal client. Yeah. Right. Well that's that's a nice way to kind of tie into I suppose we could we could go two ways there. You could talk about how you did you set up your own shoot and how you kind of found that and how you went about that. And also, uh, then if you want to roll onto the ideal client thing, because that's obviously yeah. something that comes up in branding and marketing a lot. Um, but I think people have a different approach or uh, idea in the head of, of how to 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 deal with that and I think that I know what yours is because I've looked at your website and the words that you use it's, it's just what you've been talking about so yeah, yeah how did you sort that shoot out then so yeah it was the first one I did myself was in August 2020 so obviously we'd had lockdown and we were starting to come out of lockdown number one things were easing yeah 
um, and we were able to get back to shooting. So I looked at a local venue that I'd been to um, as part of a networking group and liked and want, I, you know, every, all of the shoots that I organise are at venues that ultimately I want to shoot at. Yeah. Um, so it was at Priory Barnes, which is just outside of Weatherby. And the concept I had for it was like beautiful golden hour shots of the couple across the cornfields. The Priory Cottages. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. The, I, don't, I don't think I've ever been, well, there's only one other place I can think of that's got the same, has the same sunsets. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It? yeah so that's exactly what I had in my head. Um, and I, again, a Facebook group. So I knew some suppliers, um, and others I kind of needed to find. So I'd gone on to a specific style shoot for wedding professionals Facebook group and just put my mood board on there. Hello, I'm a photographer from Weatherby. This is what I'm looking for, makeup, um, hair, whatever it was. Loads of people replied and said, yeah, we'd love to be involved. A few that I hadn't even considered, you know, like a McCrane backdrop lady contacted me and said, well, you know, this sounds just like the right vibe. Do you think you could incorporate my work? Um, so yeah, we pulled the shoot together and the only thing that I was struggling with was getting a dress because obviously bridal boutiques, they want to see some sort of evidence of you having done shoots yourself, looking after those dresses, because it's a big, it's an expensive mistake, isn't it? If you, um, shred or get mud (laughs) all over someone's, (laughs) someone's finest wedding gown. So I actually bought the dress uh, second hand myself and then wow. sold it on on eBay. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't it wasn't hugely expensive. Um it was quite a simple two piece dress and then I sold it back on eBay afterwards. But that was enough then for bridal boutiques to say, yeah, fine, we'll lend you dresses for shoots after that. Yeah, that's good. That's a really good idea that. Yeah. Um I think I mentioned earlier, you've got to be prepared to invest yeah. if you if you want to. I'm um, glad you're saying that as well, because that's one thing that sometimes people are really afraid to, um, whether it's in educating yourself like that or whether it's, you know, your investment in that dress is basically marketing. It's the same as putting yeah. Facebook ads on or something like that. It's, it's, money, right. it's yeah. spending a bit of money that's going to hopefully get you where you want to be and bring you money in. Absolutely. Yeah. So I used local suppliers. Um, I have a few that I already knew um, and a a few new ones. And then I had my friend model and her husband um, because I put a post on my Instagram stories saying I'm I'm looking for people at fancy modeling um, for a wedding shoot. So one of my friends replied and said, yeah, I'd love this. So that's what we did. Perfect. one of the suppliers that I, want, that I hadn't thought about but who approached me was a uh, dog chaperone. Right. <laughs> and she said, you know, I'd, lo- I'd love to, it's a dog-friendly venue, do you think we could incorporate um, a dog in the wedding? And I was like, yeah, why not? I've got a black lab, let's use her. Um, so it was really laid back. Um, there were some bits of it in hindsight that could have been a bit more cohesive, so I could have done more planning and bringing the supplier concepts together. So I'd given them like a colour palette and a mood board, and then they all went off and did their own things. <laughs> and and it worked. It yeah. did work. But it could have just been a little bit more like some of the colour tones weren't an exact match, and they were more worried about it than I was. 
And it was much more of a kind of a bride and groom shoot rather than the full blown style shoot with table settings and stuff. Yeah. Um, which I then learnt after trying to submit it to a blog. It's going to be harder to do. Yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. So, but at the time, I just wanted to get some bride and groom content on my portfolio because everything for 2020 had been cancelled. Yeah. Um, and that so was, really, I was, I was just looking to get those couple portraits. Yeah. And that was going to be, 2020 was going to be when you shot all those weddings and had all this extra that's stuff right. to show. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So that was my first one. It was organised within about a month. Um, it was on a Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> on the weather, you know, I talked about the golden hour. So yeah. it was raining oh, that no. day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh, God, you know, what do we do? Yeah. And it, anyway, it was just one of those days where, you know, where the rain clears and the clouds clear. And I got my golden hour. Really? Yeah, it was wow. amazing. It was exactly what I'd envisaged. Perfect. And it was just like the clouds parted. It's like, It <laughs> meant to be. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, well, so I did a couple more that summer. Yeah. And attended a few workshops that were kind of more of my style, which is where I first met you, wasn't it? At Thicket Priory, yeah. That's the one, yeah. So you, I mean, the whole kind of organising your own styled shoe, that's, you know, that's a, a kind of a really kind of ballsy move because I, I mean, I, I know what goes into those shoes and I... You know, I've often thought I'd love to um, create one myself because it's only creating one yourself that you're actually going to shoot exactly what, you you know, the the images or the video that you've got in your head. Um, Because like you say, otherwise it's like someone else's wedding or someone else's concept, isn't it? Um, But I've always thought because I've seen, I've gone to enough of them and seen what goes into it. I've always thought, I just don't think I've got the... I don't think I could manage all that, you know, all the different, and like you say, you've got to, if you want to get it picked up by a blog or a a magazine or something, you've got to show all those bits. And I suppose as well, you're showing all those bits for the other suppliers. Um, And and my, like like you're saying, my main thing, like when I go to a wedding, I don't focus on detail. Um, I might get some to to Mm -hmm. kind of help with the story. And I think that bride and grooms, they want that because they're, spend all this money on stuff they want to see some of it but it's certainly not the big the big thing the big thing for me is the the people and stuff so yeah being able to to do that yourself I mean that's that's brilliant um yeah yeah I love it it's like it's kind of like planning your own wedding again um but you can be a bit bolder and a bit more daring yeah Um, and I've got I've got two in the pipeline right um coming up that we're one one's on the 12th of April it was always going to be on the twelfth of April, so that was lucky. Yeah, <laughs> given the new timelines, and then the other <laughs> one was meant to be in January, and we're in the process of just rearranging that. Um, That's good. So, yeah. so you've you've kind of um, been replacing those weddings that you should have done with this other content, which is obviously really important at your stage because you were ready to to really start pushing through the the weddings and the. The, the sort of images that you um, wanted to shoot in the future to to build your yes. business on. Yeah, um, yeah, and my goodness, if I hadn't have done that, so I had my own little wedding season last year. <laughs> um, and if I hadn't have done that, I'd, I wouldn't have any content now. Yeah, and I think that's so important for people to listen to because if they're in a similar situation and they're starting out, you know, to build their business in the in the way that you are, it, it could be quite easy just to put your hands in your head and be like, "Well, it's all just messed up now." 
you know, mm-hmm. but you've actually gone out and, and made something happen with it. Yeah. Um, so to return to this ideal client, how talk, talk about the process of that, because you've obviously been quite specific there. Um, and, and it's not necessarily the same specific as I would see quite often. Um, mm-hmm. I really buy into what you're saying. Um, you know, the, 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 your ideal client, your, what you're saying on your website. So tell me whereabouts that came from. So, um, I guess a lot of it came from me and what I was looking for when we looked for our wedding photographer. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm somebody who's fairly relaxed in front of the camera. I wouldn't say I'm, uh, I don't, I'm not camera shy, but I'm also not, um, you know, I'm, I'm not somebody who takes loads and loads of photographs of myself. I take a few, but um, I really value photography though and memories. Yeah. So though, that's my ideal client is somebody that knows that they need to have those photographs and have the memories and they're going to really love looking back on them in five, 10 years time with the kids or um, whoever. Um, Some, you know, again, similar to myself, someone who's fairly laid back and relaxed and, um, you know, is just going to kind of let me do my thing. Doesn't have too many preconceptions of what sort of photographs. They haven't done the list of a hundred required shots. They're just going to trust that I, trust my judgment to capture everything for them um yeah you know they're they're just people that just really want to get engrossed in each other and in in kind of the the day and sort of forget that I'm there yeah almost it sounds to me very much like um authentic is kind of yeah the, the the word that encompasses all of that but obviously as well um there's a there's a lot of different types of authentic isn't there yeah, absolutely. And yeah. you said it sounds like you're focusing more on the on the real memories of those people and things, which is that's exactly what I would want. Um, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, when when it's your own wedding day, you're sort of caught up in yourselves and each other, aren't you? And I know when we got our album back, and I saw all the pictures of the guests having a real laugh, at, you know, the speeches and stuff, and I was like, oh, look at the faces! Isn't that amazing? <laughs> yeah, that's the stuff that I love. Yeah. Is um, you know, because because you don't notice that yourself on your day. At all, you don't see you don't see all hundred or however many faces that you have all of the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of making sure that obviously there's not attention to the bride and groom or bride and bride or groom and groom, whatever, <laughs> however it goes. Um, but also everyone that's there and everyone that means something to them. Very good. So, do, is there anywhere that you kind of drew on for inspiration? And it doesn't necessarily have to be. Uh, you know, other photographers, it can be anything. Um, you know, we can all find inspiration in different places. Like I, I take a lot of inspiration from music and things like that. So, um, what, is there anywhere or anything that kind of inspires you particularly? I think, um, as part of my course that I'm doing at the moment, I think I've realized that actually I take quite a lot, but even though I'm not a landscape photographer, I take quite a lot of inspiration from like natural shooting in nature. Um, you know, wherever I am at a venue, I'll always look for the greenery yeah. to get them outside and amongst the trees. Even if we have to um, get on a little golf buggy and go for a little ride or something, or I have to take them in my car. I'm always looking, I'm always inspired by being in nature. Yeah. 
Is that because do you do you think that's because you you've grown up in an, in like a, a countryside location? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, that's where I'm kind of more rela- most relaxed and most at peace. Um, so yeah, all of the weddings that I've had booked so far do tend to be um, you know in, in countryside locations, not really city locations as such. Yeah. Okay, that takes us nicely then into about the you know, when you're setting up your business and you're building your, your branding and marketing um, and you're trying to get clients, um, how how did you find that and what approach did you take to kind of the marketing side of um, finding people, then finding you, getting yourself yeah. out there? So at first I relied quite heavily on word of mouth um, through social media um and that's probably where my first few bookings came from really you know I've always been a big fan of asking people to share and not everybody will not you know some people think oh here she goes again (laughs) but I do have a little core army of people that will share most things that I post yeah and that just found my first few customers um just going back to the ideal client thing, I guess at first I was like, well, I don't really want to have an ideal client. I want to appeal to everybody. <laughs> and as the course of the business has, has gone on, I've realized that, yeah, you, you do kind of have to have an ideal client. Otherwise you can't please everybody, can you? No, no. But, um, but I do think that, you know, there is, um, the camp- I do think, uh, and this is probably not, uh, in line with what a lot of people will say, but I do think there can be more than one ideal client. Totally, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and I would never, I'm not, you know, if somebody comes to me and they want to book me, I haven't yet got to a point where I'm like, mm, are you, are you uh, absolutely <laughs> exactly what I had, that, you know, that client avatar. I'm not like that about it. I just kind of want to make sure that they understand my style of photography and that they're not going to ask me to change it. Yeah. That's important as well you know. because you you know that then it's this is what I've found. It's very unlikely that you're gonna have anybody unhappy after the wedding yeah. day because you've already met the expectation prior to the day. If there's yeah. a if that's not met though, there's always that chance that whatever it is you do might not be quite what they had in mind. Um Yeah, that's yeah. all right, yeah, yeah. Um, and on the marketing and business side, again, that's something that I've had to invest quite a lot of time and, and a bit of money into learning and yeah. training myself on. Um, so to go from, so at first it was fine because it was my part-time side hustle. It was fine to just refer, rely on word of mouth referrals and the odd booking through Facebook. But taking that step from doing it part-time to going full-time I realized that I needed to invest a lot more time into my yeah. uh, marketing and self-promotion um, so I've really stepped up my game on Instagram because a lot of people seem to be booking wedding suppliers through there yeah. I get a lot of inquiries from it um, I still get I still run my Facebook page alongside and get quite a lot through there but less so on the weddings that's more on the family side of things um and okay and I, I did actually go to a wedding fair last march the beginning of march just before lockdown hit it was a rudding park because 
it's a local venue to me and I thought I'd really yeah. like to get some weddings booked there. It's a lovely venue. Um, yeah, yeah. So what happened from that? Obviously, it was two weeks before the first lockdown um, and I thought, oh, you know, invested all this time and money into getting everything I need to run a wedding fair stand. Yeah. And I don't know when I'm going to be able to um, do one again. And also, I didn't get any bookings straight away. But then I did get one. So towards the end right. of 2020, a girl got in touch with me and she'd been she'd followed me on Instagram. Um, she said, oh, we met at Rudding Park and I want to book you, B. It wasn't for Rudding Park. It was for, um, oh, gosh. Uh, it was for a uh, outdoorsy, wild um, teepee venue. Right. So it's perfect. Yeah. Ideal client, ideal venue. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. Rudding Park. Right. <laughs> and also, I know, I know I'm talking about Rudding Park, which is quite a classy hotel. Um, so, you know, it's not, it doesn't also fit with that. Um, doesn't fit with the ideal client thing, yeah. Well, it, it kind of does and doesn't. You know, I don't... I like venues that have got out, outside space, which Rudding has in yeah. Bucky doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so then what happened from that, I found this out recently this week, that Rudding Park have been sending out my details to people that are booking right. weddings with them at the moment. Brilliant. And I've taken two bookings wow. for Rudding Park this week. That's fantastic. Having never shot there before. So are they like, are you kind of, are you, have you sort of been put on their recommended suppliers list or something? Or are they just sending out details because the, probably the last <laughs> wedding fair they had was that one? I think so, yeah. I'm going to get in touch with them and say thank you and try and work on that relationship Yeah. because it was kind of unbeknown to me. But then I had these two inquiries within two days of each other. I was like, hang on a minute, <laughs> what's going on? So I asked one of them and she said, yeah, yeah, they're sending out your details and you're the one that we liked best. Brilliant. So I kind of think um, you reap what you sow, don't you? Yeah. So I had that thought and that intention that I wanted to book a wedding there. COVID got in the way a little bit, but because I'd taken those steps, yeah, it's uh, it's now coming back. But I do need to, um, yeah, find out who, who that person is and work in that relationship. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it is it is interesting, you know, that you did the wedding fair thing. So wedding fairs, they they kind of um, generally, I, I, I've I've become my experience of them is a difficult one when you, you, because you, you invest, you have to invest quite a lot of time and effort into mm -hmm. a wedding fair. Um, and the, there was a point where when they, when I first started out, they worked really well. And then because social media became a lot more powerful, um, the, the wedding fairs didn't seem to be working, but what you've just said there is actually, it just made me think about, it's, um, you know, like how you're talking marketing about touch points and st and things. And actually, yeah. like you've just said, the, the the attention that's come from that wasn't necessarily how, exactly what you expected, as in someone saw you and you probably thought, well, if people are going to book with me, it, it'll either be within, you know, it'll be within a week or two of them going there. Yeah. But they hadn't booked their wedding yet. They hadn't even chosen the venue. And so you don't, re you know, it's only when you've actually gone through that experience that you realise it's handy to be in these places, isn't it? And get your it is, face yeah. known because then it leads to these other things. Yeah, it is. And now that I'm a year on from that and we've had the year we've had and I've managed to get quite a lot of bookings just based on social media, I'm, I'm now 
not 100% sure where I go from here, whether I carry on doing some wedding fairs yeah, or whether I carry on as I am. And I, it's because wedding fairs aren't coming back for a little while no. yet. You know, they're not going to be able to run these big in-person events straight away. Yeah. So it's something that I'm kind of parking for 2021 and I'll review in 22 if I need to. So just um, going back to the wedding fair, how did you prepare for that? Is there, did What did you do to, you know, you talked about investing in sort of your stand and things like that. Like, yeah, just yeah, it, so I had, it's a yeah. while since I, I've I've gone through that process. So if you sort of want to talk about it, I think that'd be interesting in case people are wanting to go down that line. Yeah, so I had some of my favourite images blown up and framed um, and I put them on easels to show off my work. Yeah. I had I took my Mac and I had the slideshow running. Um and I invested in some uh, you know, like a big roller ban- banner of my branding. Yeah. Changed my branding since, so that's no use. <laughs> yeah, I've done the <laughs> same, then, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And some flyers and brochures and things. I didn't invest in albums because that was such a huge investment. I thought I'd yeah. go along and see how this one went and make a decision as to whether I needed to. And I did come away from that thinking, yeah, I do need a couple of full wedding galleries to show people on the table. Um, Is that because you saw other photographers at the, the, the yeah, wedding fair that had them? A, yeah, yeah. I mean... It was, it was quite intimidating at first because um, I was two tables down from a really well-known wedding photographer, you know, like a 50 weddings a year guy. And he, he came with two, you know, the biggest TV screens you've ever seen in your life with his videos running. And I thought, oh, I look like such an amateur. Um, you know, really nice guy, had about 10 albums. Um, you know, and I was like, wow, that's how you do it. But it's also not my style. Yeah. I don't think it is how you do it. Not that flashy. Yeah. I think it, I think it's just how that person does it, you know, and I don't know who that person is, but I can, I can imagine who it might be. Um, you know, and that, that's okay. Cause that works for them, but you're right. Yeah. You know, that's not you. So you don't need to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. I know he got a booking that day and so did I in the end. So, uh, yeah. Jobs are good and um, <laughs> yeah, I think if I do do some in 2022, I will, I will invest in a couple of my own albums to take. Yeah. Um, because what I did note was people were saying, well, have you got a full wedding gallery you can show me? If yeah. you wanted to see the preparation, the bridal prep, the details. Um, but yeah, I just decided to turn up and be myself and just smile and chat to everybody um, I was also on the next table to Blossom Tree Cakery. You come across them, right? I think I've so, heard them. Yeah, yeah, beautiful cakes, and they had like loads of cakes to taste. So I also, <laughs> I also had like a massive queue next to me all the time, and they'd, and I'd be like, oh, "Hi," trying to start conversations. And people and just like, want the free yeah, cake. Yeah, we're here for the cake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been in that situation too. Yeah, yeah. So, but I did. I did speak to the guys at that stand quite a lot before it started. It was a really busy wedding fair, and they gave me loads of advice. And I spoke to I spoke to the other photographers. I spoke to the guy, you know, and asked asked them all for for their advice because I do have the belief that there is enough room for us all. Yeah, and we have all got different styles and targets, and you know, I I know I don't want to be a fifty wedding a year person at yeah. all. 15 to 20 is enough for me. 
And that's the thing, you know, these are these events, um, even though like they might not always be perfect from a marketing perspective, they are all those networking type situations are very useful. There's always something that, you know, wherever you go, there's always something that can be gained from it, whether it's a contact with another, you know, supplier or, um, you know, whether, you know, you do see people there that see your work. And like you've said, they didn't inquire straight away, but later down the line, um, you know, you could do a post on social media and that will refresh that person or they, you know, it's, it's amazing how these uh, things that you, I've come away from some wedding fairs sometimes thinking I've just wasted literally a day of my life. You know, I I spoke to eight people, you know, it might be a little quiet one, but then something has come from it in some respect and you've built some sort of uh, contact or something. So it's definitely worth yeah and that's that's a good point that you just made actually because i i did speak to a friend who's a wedding professional um she runs like a neon light company i asked her for advice on which ones would be good to attend because i knew she attends lots yeah and she'd said just that make sure it's going to be a busy well-attended one so she'd recommended a few key hotels to go to rudding being one of them um, because she said, you know, you don't want to lose confidence by going to one where it's quiet and you're yeah. not speaking to people and you're feeling just like you've described. Yeah. But she said, on the other hand, you could go to that and you could get two bookings. So it's really, you know, they can be so hit and miss. Yeah. So just to kind of go back to something you just said, because I, I'm interested to, to there's, a, there's a bit of a, a myth amongst particularly wedding photographers and videographers is that busy is like everyone wants to be busy everyone makes out that they're really busy and there's Mm -hmm. you know there's nothing wrong with being really busy but it's just interesting because you said I don't want to do 50 weddings a year and I totally understand that um I I don't want to do 50 weddings a year either what what is it that you you know what's your sort of thought process in that is that is that like I want to be able to just not be super stressed out and be able to do a yeah. nice focused job or is it a case that you know uh, I just I don't know it's, it, it, I, I get it but sometimes some I think I, I don't know about you um I, I sometimes look and people will be talking about being busy and it just yeah you know I, I, I having been busy a few times I've been like I don't want to be that busy I don't know why yeah, people talk right. about yeah. it like it's some sort of badge of honor yeah, no, I, d- I don't want to be stressed out. You know, I came into this business because I love it and I don't want to get to the point where it becomes that busy that I stop loving it. Yeah. Um, also, it's family. You know, my, my kids are still only six and four now. Um, so I want to make sure that I'm around, that I spent some time with them, um, you know, that I wasn't off every single weekend. Because 50 weddings a year, we both know that's not one every week, is it? It's two. Yeah through it's friday through saturday summer. yeah through the summer and then your wedding fair on a sunday yeah um so i'm not knocking anybody who chooses to do that at all you know it's absolutely everyone's got their own choices and they might choose to uh, retire early or whatever and spend all the time with family but yeah i just don't want to be stressed out with it and i want to do um a good job i don't want to end up with such a massive editing pile that I can't keep on top of it. Yeah. But also remembering I am a wedding and family photographer. So I've still got 
quite a lot of uh, family bookings in which the diary is, as well. Which is perfect, isn't it? Because that, yeah. that for me is that, you know, it's that the the family stuff isn't always weekends. So it gives you that, um, as well as like multiple revenue streams, if you like, you've also got that, uh, that you know, you can fill your calendar up a little more evenly throughout the year and throughout yeah. the week. That's it, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, he's just trying to trying to keep some sort of balance. Um, and because I'm still quite early in business, because of the year that we've just had, I've not actually got to that point where I've had to start turning work down because there's too many in the diary. Yeah. Um, I'm not far off for this year. That's good. But then it's a catch-up year, isn't it? So I'm like, mm, I'll, I'll probably just see how this year goes. And a lot of the weddings that I've got in are still going to be very small. Right. They still kind of did the book. Yeah, I've still got a few yeah. happening in April where they're just having the ceremony. Right. That's good. I mean, um, it's, it's good. It's good that you've got some that are coming up, you know. Yeah. I think, I think my, most, nearly all of mine have moved to the second half of the year. So I'm just thinking, you know, it doesn't give you much to new content for this bit and you, it'd be nice yeah. to spread it out a bit more. So that's good that you've got some that yeah. are a little bit smaller. Yes. Yeah. And then the rest of them did move to the second half of the year. Um, but a lot of them moved to weekdays. Yeah. Well, so that's all that's left now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's like, but then the new bookings that have come in from Rudding have been on weekends in the middle of summer. And I'm like, how is, how's that possible? Right. <laughs> how have they got those dates free? <laughs> Very good. So, so, yeah, it's, strange at the moment so we're talking about you know what happened last year and it's spilled into this year so you literally you've gone all in on going into wedding photography you've quit your job yeah. did, did, yeah. did, did, did you make that decision and like hand you noticing just before the lockdown is that kind of hand of noticing on the 6th of january 2020 wow yeah it's a bit pretty much when you notice periods up that's when the lockdown sort of started I had two weeks left to work crikey yeah yeah I shot a wedding the day before lockdown was announced that Saturday right so it was it was tense because we saw we knew the pubs had closed on the Friday yeah but not hotels and we knew that it was coming and it was like oh god you know the bride and groom were stressed out by it I was stressed out and it was like well because you didn't know if the wedding was going to happen yeah, and then even on the day they were like, "This, you know, it doesn't quite feel right." But <laughs> you know, we we lose everything if we don't do it now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, it was, and it was a beautiful day. Um. And yeah, it was. Uh, so looking back, I thought that was going to be my only one in twenty twenty. But you did do some others. Did you manage to do? I some did others? some micro weddings at the back end of the year. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. really good. So. Yeah. So tell me, like, what what's going through your head then at that point? Because, I mean, I I know how I I know how I kind of felt, um, and this I didn't have any other options, and I hadn't I, I was well out of my old job, but um, you know that's got to be a very confusing situation where you're thinking, yeah. crack it, like you know, no matter yeah, what. Yeah, I came home from work, so we were all told to go and work from home, and I went home from work on it was on Monday the sixteenth of March. And my husband was working right in London. I'd put the kids to bed and I sat and I cried and I cried and I cried. And I was like, I've, what have I made this stupid decision for? You know, why would I quit a stable job? 
And I've, you know, everything in my head at that point was I've taken so many risks and it was just stupid. Um, but I got over myself, as I always do when I'm stressed. <laughs> and I've never regretted it after that point. God. I've never regretted it for the whole year because actually I did pick myself up and change my offer and work around what I could offer in terms of photography. Yep. Um, Adapt. And it, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Adapted to the circumstances. Which if you, if you've learned to do that, then you'll be, you'll yeah. be fine with whatever yeah. comes in the future. Yeah. I think I was just in deep shock. I was, I was really just, um, like, I just couldn't believe this was happening. <laughs> Could any of us, you know, this no, whole, no. it was just crazy, wasn't it? Yep. It seemed like something that was just happening at the other side of the world. It wasn't ever going to affect us. And then suddenly it was affecting us. Yeah. Dramatically. So tell me, tell me what you did then. What, what are these practical steps that you took? Um, or, you know, it, it probably wasn't one big thing, but you know, what, what, how did you find your way through it? Because I know how for, for lots of people and I can definitely, I, I, when you said, you know, you were in shock and you were like, what have I done? And and I wasn't yeah. even, it, well, I hadn't even just quit my job. I'd already left it way behind um, but I was even thinking, you know, after I, I'd left my job a few years before and I was thinking, whoa, I, like you said, I've taken this huge risk. Um, yeah. And and I don't think I saw it as a huge risk um, until then because I, yeah. I, had, I had, like you had, had a career and I, I earned a decent wage and it was, it was secure and everything. And then, and then this happened and I, th- I thought, oh, my family, I'm go- we're going to end up struggling. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. So what did you yeah. what did you do? Yeah, well, we were struggling because I'd quit my job. Um, I, I mean, I, t- I went back and spoke to my employer, first of all, about furlough, and it wasn't an option. Um, they're just, yeah, it's flat now. Right. Um, they kept me on for a couple more weeks. But actually, that was really stressful because the kids were at home. Yeah. And my husband was trying to work. So I was quite glad when they said, yeah, that's coming to an end now. You've got to, you've got to leave. Uh, your time's up. Um, so I've, I'd heard quite a lot, of, you know, in some of the networking groups I'm in. And the conversation was all around, right, now's the time to build your community. And I was thinking, right, I've, I've got to build a community. <laughs> How do I do that? So I was trying to kind of get, something going on Facebook in a group, you know, just like let's document lockdown. And a few of my friends, you know, my trusty old friends joined me and they were saying, and a few of them said, well, we could do with you to teach us how to take photos. So the first thing I did was put together a smartphone photography course online and then, you know, put it out there and quite a few people signed up for it. So it's, it's, you know, it's not an expensive ticket price and, I'm sure a few of them just felt sorry for me and just wanted to do whatever they could to support my business. But quite a lot of them were like, wow, you know, I'm getting some really good tips here. And I didn't, I did not know that you could just kind of take these shortcuts and, uh, and how to make the photograph so much better. So that was my first thing that I did. And then, but I was bored. I was, you know, I went into this business because I love taking photographs so then I was like, you know, I need something to photograph. And everybody in my house was sick of me at that point. <laughs> so I'd seen doorstep photographs again on different Facebook groups. And at first I thought, 
oh, they're not for me. They're a bit naff. And, um, you know, a week later I was bored. <laughs> so I, I put something in the school mum's WhatsApp chat and said, does anyone fancy me on my daily exercise coming with the camera and uh, walking past your house and taking a photo? And, of course, everybody was like, yeah, totally. So Brilliant. It, and that was that was for free at first. It was just for fun for me. But then people started inquiring, you know, from the next village along saying, well, do you think, I've just had a baby. Do you think you could come to me? How much is it? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, this is what's going to get me through. So I started charging a small amount and uh, I was going on my bike all over the place. Because <laughs> the first lockdown was really different, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. going anywhere in the past. We're all scared to like do stuff. <laughs> And it was beautiful. It was gorgeous weather. And I was off on my bike with my camera strapped to my back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I did. So I'm I'm currently on about 370 doorstep shoots. Seriously? Across the last year. Goodness me. I I, I wouldn't have. That's amazing. Yeah, it made up for the lost wedding income. Wow. (laughs) So, you know, and people were doing them for charity and all sorts, which, again, is really noble. Um, I was thinking, this is survival for me because my husband had had to take a pay cut in his job yeah, um, for his his firm to survive. And I was like, I need to earn some money. Yeah. So, yeah, I went crazy on the doorstep shoots. And uh, I did the vast majority of that 370 were lockdown one. And then when the November lockdown hit, I brought them back for a little festive edition, just for fun. <laughs> and then January happened and I was like, oh, what am I going to do? And I thought, I've already got the answer here. I've been doing it. Just carry on. That's so great. I've only, I've only done them through lockdowns and um, stopping. I can't believe there's that, that many. Like, you know, that's that's a big number. Yeah. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even know how to reach that many people. Like even, it know, was word of mouth. Yeah. So they they obviously were posting the pictures online and then somebody else would get in touch and say, oh, I've seen uh, Jules's family pictures. Can you come to my house and do that? That's brilliant. And then I'd say, well, yeah, have you got like a little Facebook group, like a local one that you can just share it in and see it? And then it just snowballed. Snowballed from there. Yeah, it was crazy. So... You know, you've had this year, but it's given you this opportunity to explore things that you would have never done and, and never dreamed of. Yeah, and, <laughs> and 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 to be fair, you know, you might have done these doorstep um, photos, and they might not have been, um, you know, some of them you started doing for free, and then I'm, I'm guessing you weren't like getting wedding income from them, um, but you've managed to like those 370 people. Were, They'll probably want photos. You know, a lot of those will probably want photos. They have done, or yeah. They'll, so or they'll get married or whatever. That. That's right. So yeah. out of that, I've, um, I have had a couple of wedding bookings. Brilliant. And uh, quite a lot of family, proper full family shoots afterwards. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, not all not all 370. You know, you, when you're dealing with numbers like that, you have to respect and understand. Some of them already had a designated photographer that they would favour. Um, some of them could only afford a £25 family shoot, and that's all it was. Um, You know, and some of them were just doing it because it was sort of jumping on the bandwagon. But, yeah, out of that, I have made friends. I've made, like, long-term customers. I've made some really good relationships. Yeah, and that's the the, the kind of un... 
well, it's not a case of unforeseen, but it's the thing that comes out of something that you weren't, yeah, you know, it wasn't yeah. really the, the thing that you went into it for. Um, and it's giving you time to to do your smartphone course and now you've doing um, sort the, of camera a, course. The, the camera course for, for beginners. So, yeah. you know, tell me about that because you've obviously, you wouldn't have had the time to do that, I'm guessing, if it had been a normal wedding year. No, so, yeah, that's right. So that was an idea I've had in my head for a long time because, again, people saying, I've got a big camera, I could do with you to teach me how to use it. So I had this idea of, right, at some point I'll get the content for that on the course. Um, and lock, lockdown one had happened and then the summer came along and we're all eating out to help out, weren't we? And um, sort of getting back to normal in a sense. And I was really busy. I had a really, really busy autumn with family shoots and, like, like I said, a few micro weddings. And everything was, like, going great guns and then we started to go into local lockdown around here, didn't we? And yep. uh, tier three and yeah, yeah we're not, we're not going to go on about it, but yeah, everything sort of ground to a halt again. And it was like, Oh, just man. when it was getting momentum up. Yeah. 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 So I was like, right, well now's the time I get this content online and get that launched. And it has been a lot of work. You know, I, I did, I had to write all my ideas down get them in a logical order find photographs that I've taken that would sit alongside those because I like to be very practical and obviously visual is photography course and then record the audio and that last bit has been the most challenging because I've needed to have quiet in the house <laughs> with which is hard when the kids are around but yeah and then when they're in bed you know I don't want to disturb them by recording a load of audio <laughs> um so so that's been the most challenging um but it's it's on track so the course is launched um they started they're on week one now and i'm recording the audio for week five right now so i've sort of had the year where it wasn't finished but i needed to launch yeah and it's it's keeping you keeping you going as well it's keeping you busy it's keeping you mind occupied you know one of the biggest struggles is, is going to have been for people to keep motivated and keep the kind of positive mental health going because you know especially like I know how I felt around the back end of last year sort of really kind of around the Christmas period I was just thinking this is in and you know even now like I sort of think I can't believe this has happened, you know. I know, um, yeah. but it's it, it, you know, I, like I've I've started this podcast and and got other sort of ideas that I've been able to work on. You've done that, all that stuff, and I think that you know you have to. I suppose you have to look at the the things that can come out of such a situation. Um, yeah, not not all, yeah, all, not all the negatives. So a few kind of roundup type of questions that I try to ask everyone to see if they're like themes and things that come out of it. So what would you say like the, the successful attributes um, or the attributes of a successful kind of person in the wedding industry or, you know, you can say wedding photographer cause that's what you, you do, but what is there, is there, is there, is there, there things that stand out to you as like, these are really important? Yeah. Um, I think you've got to be really great at networking um, because you've touched on it earlier, making those connections and meeting other wedding suppliers 
even people in your own field, you're going to get a lot of um, referrals, um, you know, a lot of the word of mouth stuff will come from that because if it's another photographer and they're booked, then they will then think to refer them to somebody else that they know will do a good job. Exactly, yeah. Um, I think you've got to you've got to have a positive attitude, and you know you've got to be prepared to work really hard because it is it is hard work. Yep, it's long days, and people often say to me that are not in the industry like, oh, yeah, it's, it's weekends, isn't it? And it's long days, and I'm like, yeah, it is, but I love it, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, to me, it doesn't feel like a long day when you're doing something that you love. Exactly. Yeah, I don't buy into that whole find a job you love and you'll never do another day's work in your life theory. I think that's, um, no, it's definitely work. <laughs> it's definitely work. Yeah, absolutely. And it can be really hard work and it can be stressful at times, mm. you know, cause you, you, you've got to back yourself, haven't you? Yeah. Um, but it, it is worthwhile work to me. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah. Have I answered the question there? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> is there any like advice that you'd give yourself? Bearing in mind, you've kind of come into it later on in your, in your working life, haven't you? You haven't, you, you, yeah. you haven't set out from scratch to do it. So what would you, is there anything you'd tell your past self? To just go for it and believe in yourself um, and not get too caught up on what everyone else is doing. Um, you know, it's really easy to spend hours and hours falling into the Instagram rabbit hole, <laughs> looking at other people's pictures. Um, and also not to not to base your style on what you believe some, a successful person is doing. Yeah. So I've seen that a lot where there are people sort of sh- shooting and editing in the same way and everything looks a bit same-ish. Yeah, well, because it's trend, but you know, there's a lot of trends. Yeah, trend based. Yeah. yeah, and it's 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 nice. It's really beautiful work, but it doesn't make them that memorable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So totally kind agree. of stick stick to your own guns, you know, and believe that there is somebody for everybody. Yeah. And there's room for us all. Um, yeah, and just sort of stick to that style that you know is right. For yourself that, that's that's really great to hear but you i don't hear that very often because because it's like i do you know i i totally agree when you look through a, a, a social media feed or something it there is like this is what's cool at the moment so everybody's trying to emulate that and that there's nothing yeah. wrong with that because yeah like like you said i go yeah that looks great and mm-hmm. there's a, this little bit of you that'll be like I want to do it like that because that's what yeah. everybody seems to like at the moment. But then you're right. Then you you sort of bring yourself back in and you're like, no, because I, I, I won't enjoy it the same then. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, the other th- the other bit of advice that I would give myself um, if I was starting out again is to um, charge a bit more earlier on. So, it's easier said than done, but the best piece Absolutely, of advice. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And you, it's a tricky one. Is it? It's tricky balance because you feel like you've got to have the experience. Um, but I'm I'm now in a situation where because people have had to postpone, um, you talked about it in one of your previous podcasts, where people have booked in 2018 for 2020 and then it's going into the back end of 21. Yeah. It's like three years. Um 
And I wish I'd just got a bit better at kind of projecting what my annual increment might be because I'd charged my 2018 price. Yeah. Um, it's funny because, yeah, you know. <laughs> and, and that is so true. I mean, the, the, the thing is, it, it is, it is pricing difficult and it doesn't get any easier. Even when you get to being established and you've been doing it for a while and you, 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 you know that you've booked weddings at much higher prices than you could have even thought you would be able to, uh, yeah. this, you still have the same problem in your head of like, it's been a few weeks and you might not have got a book in and you, you've, put, mm-hmm. you've put your prices up a bit and you're thinking, nah, you know, that these inquiries, none of these inquiries have, have booked me. There's some, they're not gonna. So it's always the same. It doesn't matter what stage you're at. You're always going to have that same kind of doubt. Um, but it does come down to what you've just said. And, and obviously you're re- referencing something I said before, which the, the pandemics highlighted the problem with pricing yourself too low for, for yeah. too long, if you like. It's okay yeah. for a couple of weddings that are going to happen imminently while you're starting out. But when this happens and, you know, there are weddings that are moving three years, you're, you're stuck yeah. with a three-year pricing situation and, and you, right. you're, you're going to yeah, be a different not- person at that point. That's it, and it's not their fault. No. And they're now getting this, they're getting a bargain because what they're paying for and what they're going to get... Is different, yeah. Is different, but they're lovely people, so, you know, I'm not going not gonna to hold it against them. I'm not going to do any <laughs> less of a good job. Um, you've just got to, yeah. in that situation, you've just got to think, though I know when you go do those weddings, you'll do an amazing job and that will lead to... to more things happening yeah and that's how you've got completely. to look at it but it, yeah absolutely but yeah it, it yeah, is that's um, I mean. yeah. it is a problem if you it is a problem if you're relying on your business progressing so that financially you can um you know you can support yourself so that you can run the business sustainably like yeah one of the one of the things i talk about the most with anybody is sustainability because I think that mm-hmm. that's the thing that's missing in the wedding industry. Don't matter what your service you provide, people literally don't realise that it looks okay at this point. And then three, four, five years later, if you haven't worked out how much your, all your costs are and how much you need to bring into the house to make yeah. it worth your while, you, you'll, yeah. you're not going to you're not going to want to be doing it, let alone be able to do it. Because it's yeah. it's going to be it's not going to work. That's it. So what's, um, I usually sort of ask what 2020's taught you, but I think we've talked about, about that. And I think the, you know, the way that you've adapted to it, especially, yeah. you know, so early on in, in your business, you've, you know, you've already kind of, I can see that going forward, you'll always be finding new opportunities and things like that. Um, where do you see it going? What's your, do you have a plan? Have you, have you thought about where things go in the future? You've obviously left a career behind, so this is what you want to do. What? Where do you see yeah. it going? Yeah, and I've actually been offered a couple of occasions to go back into HR. Right. <laughs> From lovely people I used to work with saying, you know, I've got, got this opportunity, I know things are tough, um, but now I'm, I'm sticking to my guns, I'm sticking with what I love, um, and I'm backing myself. So, yeah, the plan is to consistently book that 15 to 20 weddings a year. Um, And I know that with the work that I'm doing on the marketing, it will bring through those ideal clients. So I know that um, the style will probably change, evolve over the next couple of years. 
Um, and probably, I think, I think right now the goal is to move to probably have a higher proportion of my work coming from weddings than it is from the families. It's not to say that I'll ever leave those behind, but it'll probably end up being my wedding clients that then come back with family bookings, if that makes sense. Rather than the other way around. Yeah, yeah. Um, I probably won't be marketing quite so heavily on family side, but then, you know, on the other hand, it's useful because it plugs the gaps through the winter months when weddings are quieter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do see it going that I'll do probably do like, I don't know, 60, 40 weddings to families or maybe even a little bit more than that. I'll always keep the family work. Yeah. But just not maybe quite so intensive because I'm going to be charging more for that too. <laughs> and that's it. And, and, and it's, it's great because you've, you've, you've got it all mapped out. Well, you might not have yeah. it all mapped out, but you've got, a very kind of solid foundation of what you're, you're planning to do. Um, yeah. yeah. The the podcast, actually, I don't know when this one will go out, but the one that I've released today, which is at the start of March, actually is a, a hairstylist called Hannah as well. Um, okay. She's, and she's done some, you know, she's really, in the last three years, has done some amazing things with her business. And she actually said she just writes down stuff that she's going to, she wants to be able to do. She doesn't know if she's going yeah. to be able to do it or how she's going to do it. But she says she's written these things, you know, she'll write these things down. Uh, and she's she's made them all happen. Um, yeah, yeah, there is so, uh, something in that. So I've got a vision board in my office, which I need to update. Right. Because it was written three years ago. And the monthly income amount, I've achieved every month this year, despite really? Despite everything. this, right. But when I wrote it, it felt like a really scary goal. It felt unachievable. But I think the fact that it's just there, sitting just just out of view, just just above my back, I, I can see it. And I think there is something in that. Yeah. And if you've managed to do that in this year, then you're not going to have a problem going forward. Hopefully not, no. Right. Well, it's been lovely to talk to you. Um, you too. I really, really connect with your, you know, your images, your ethos for, you know, how you approach it. Um, I love that genuine and uniqueness, you know, not having to follow the trends and things. So it's mm-hmm. it's very refreshing and uh, and I can really connect with that. Um, lovely talking to you. You too. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Okay, that was this week's podcast with Hannah Brook Photography. If you want to check her out, uh, it's hannahbrookphotography.co.uk. As well as her family, branding and wedding photography, you can also access her online courses on there. So if you want to learn how to take better photos with your phone or how to learn to use your camera in manual mode, go check that out. Um, particularly for any uh, photo- you know, any suppliers that aren't necessarily photographers that are looking to be able to take better photos of their uh, own branding, um, of their own work, um, that could be really useful for you. If you'd like to find out more about the Wedding Mavericks, uh, check us out at weddingmavericks.com. We're on the socials at Wedding Mavericks, Instagram and Facebook. And you can also watch these episodes on our YouTube channel. If you'd like to help us grow the podcast, please share it with others that might might be of use to 
And if you get a chance, leave us a review on your podcast. Right, thank you for listening to the podcast and I'll catch you on next week's episode. See ya.